0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: And it is time that we stop being treated, and I stop being treated as a little boy going up to Queen's Park in short pants to say, please, could you help me out with something that I thought was in the City of Toronto Act that I could do, and to be told, no, I'm terribly sorry, go away and come back some other day when houses are falling down and having to be closed up. Transit needs are not being met. Traffic is in chaos, and that is just something that is a reality that is faced my predecessors and it faces me now but I'm not giving up.
2: Well that of course is John Tory's memorable response to the stunning betrayal he suffered at the hands of the Premier when she reversed herself and decided not to allow road tolls on the Gardner and the Don Valley Parkway after assuring him that she would not stand in the way. Well, John Tory was wearing long pants this morning at his previously scheduled meeting with the Premier. He was sounding very measured. He said he wasn't going to give up on meeting to Toronto's needs. So what does this all mean? She, I mean, this was a betrayal of epic proportions Whether you agree with road tolls or not, I'm here with Councillor John Burnside from Ward 26, uh, Don Valley West. Thanks for joining us. And on the line, we have Gary Crawford, Ward 36, Scarborough Southwest, and the Budget Chief. Gentlemen,
3: welcome. Thank you. Thank
2: you. So, uh, John, uh, thanks for joining us. What's your reaction to this?
3: Well, first off, Patrick Brown's the big winner. Uh, Tory and Wynn are now at odds. And Patrick Brown can can reasonably claim that the premier said yes until he, he till Patrick Brown himself said no and and then we've seen what follows uh, I feel badly for the premier in that she probably should never have committed to it before talking to her cabinet uh, but it definitely leaves Toronto in a bind
2: well uh what I heard from a good source was that uh, she committed to it, and then two members of her cabinet from 905 said that they would walk if she agreed to it.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, get, I think back to McGinty, I think to Stephen Harper, and I even think to uh, Justin Trudeau. I've never seen certainly in recent times, a revolt like this, I think it's a bad, bad thing for the Premier that the, that the Cabinet is is telling her what's going to happen and what's not going to happen.
2: Well, she's at 15% in the polls and she's desperately hanging on to her job. And, uh, you know, this is not to, the way to do it. If you look at all of, uh, you know, the, the, the press coverage of this, she has been just crucified. And and it almost has nothing to do with what you think of road tolls. The, the fact is that she had agreed to it. She agreed that Toronto needed revenue tools, needed some independence. And then, as somebody said, she stabbed John Tory in the front. And I don't Think I mean, it may have kept uh, those two cabinet ministers, whoever they are, inside her cabinet. But I don't think that people in the 905 uh, are are thinking, yeah, this is great. I now like Kathleen Wynne. And furthermore, um, in Toronto, where people want road tolls, approve of road tolls, where she has a lot of votes, you know, they're not happy now.
3: Yeah, and, and fair and fair enough. I mean, I was a little bit surprised because Kathleen or the premier is is pr- pretty politically astute. So for her to make that commitment to the mayor and, and pretty much did so publicly without getting the input of her cabinet, I think what she would have been better to do is say, "Here's the problem with the toll on the DVP or the Gardiner is that it doesn't impact everyone equally." So. She could even use her own riding and say people from my riding in in Lawrence Park who could well afford to pay would would never take those roads, and other people in that are maybe in less afflu- affluent areas would. So I think, but I guess she just didn't think it through.
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's you, you you know city council and you know to get them all to agree on something like this is quite the thing. Gary Crawford, what do you make of it?
4: Well, absolutely, Libby. I mean, City Council a couple of months ago had a very difficult debate. Uh, It was challenging, and we made a difficult, or a couple of difficult decisions. Uh, And it was, the vast majority of us wanted to go down this direction. And in many ways, what the Premier did is just, you know, throw us under the bus. You know, I mean, they gave us the City of Toronto Act. Uh, We are a, a unique, distinct city. And we should have these kind of powers to look at our fiscal future. Uh, And we did. And, you know, really what this says is, you know, it's an example of a a government that was just desperate to, uh, you know, to save its own political butt. And, you know, it's about the seats. And from my perspective, especially as budget chair, what I want to do and what we were attempting to do with our long-term fiscal strategy was to put in place the kind of measures that would see Toronto healthy in years and years to come. The challenge, of course, with, with this decision is, is, is and then what it says is, number one, I don't want to have to rely on a government that may or may not be there in a year and a half. To me, that's not proper fiscal management. It's great that there'll be $170 million or the two cents uh, tax that potentially coming in, but there's no guarantee of that right now. So we are now stuck in a position that with the City of Toronto, myself and, and John, who's on the budget uh, uh, committee is to look at okay is uh, can we rely on this in another two or three years or do we have to look at other measures? And that's that's one of the frustrating parts that I'm uh, experiencing right now.
2: Well, well, yeah. Now, I uh, is it true that the original agreement that you were going to get a bump in the gas tax in addition to the revenue tools?
4: that i think that was a discussion that the mayor had had with the premier um... and and a num- over a number of uh... you know meetings so yes i guess there was a, a presumption that that would be there, understanding that when we are looking at you know, not only transit but our social housing needs uh, you know we were going to the province and saying, listen we're, we're doing our part we're putting two hundred fifty million dollars into our our social housing we need you to be a partner so yes there was uh... You, you know it wasn't official but i think there was an assumption that we would be getting both of these, and again, this was just pretty much a slap in the face that we, uh, we didn't get this one.
2: Okay, and so tell me, we now have a City of Toronto Act that presumably gives the city some powers. You know, where, where are you at with that?
4: Well, again, I mean, we've just gone through a lengthy, it was about a year process, year and a half process, to really look at the City of Toronto Act and look at what we needed. And getting city council approval. We actually went to the province with a number of, if you want to say, requests. There were a number of things um, that we were allowed to do. You know, there was the hotel tax, or the alcohol tax, or a number of things. In the city of Toronto, I spelled out right in front of us that we have the ability to do this, but we have to go to the province for legislation. There were a few things that we, we, you know, we didn't have the ability to do, like doing a sales tax, but, you know, we went ahead and made the request. And, you know, we put our plans in place, you know, feeling that, you know, this is our... They've let us have that opportunity, uh, or, or right, and you know, as I said, when when, when they take that away, it's just kind of like you got to be kidding, you know. And that, that's the frustrating part. Of it. It's all it's outlined in the City of Toronto Act. We went through the process, uh, and we just uh, sh- you know even publicly
2: waste it. of time.
4: Well, pretty much, you know, not that we have to go back to the drawing board, but I think there's going to be, you know, some serious discussions on 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 the fiscal side of of what does that mean because we we need to plan out, you know, two three. 10 years in advance, and now we're kind of... And I haven't had a chance to speak with the CFO yet, but what does this now mean for the future of the city? I
2: I think, uh, John Burnside, maybe uh, if you're right, you have to start having discussions with Patrick Brown about uh, what he would give Toronto. Well,
3: yeah, but you know what? All politicians, certainly on the provincial level, are very short-sighted. The province now is trying to push everyone into electric cars for environmental reasons. You start doing that, and you have no gas tax right? So if they actually get 100% compliance, which I know might be 20 or 30 years down the road, now you don't even have this income. So tolls are probably or exorbitantly high uh, validation sticker fees are the way we're going anyway. And to sort of say, oh, that it's it's some um, terrible, terrible, terrible thing to have road tolls. that's where they're going to have to go. So to Councillor Crawford's point, the $170 million that they've committed how long will that last under any government and the last point i'd like to make is they raised the gas tax by 4.3 percent as part of cap and trade well it's one could necessarily assume that money was going to come to us anyway as part of this carbon reducing measures for public transit so this 170 they say they found well of course they found because they just added 4.3 cents to everyone's gas
2: you know, <laughs> I don't want to foment revolution here, but it is what can the city do? I mean, this is a very long standing problem. As the mayor has pointed out, the city's being a creature of the province. When you think about it, a mayor of Toronto had more people voting. For him or her, than a premier of the province, even if that premier had a decent uh, favorability rating.
3: Well, see, I think the big problem is is the relationship in that if the province doesn't want something, they download download it to the city and then we have to find the funds. And our our, our means of doing so, is, as Councillor Crawford would, would tell you, are very limited. If you look at New York City, my understanding only 15% of their revenue comes from property tax. They have an income tax. And They have a sales tax that are dedicated. And that's really what needs to happen. To me, we need to have the discussion and say, okay, what is the city responsible for? What is the province responsible? And what are the feds responsible for? And then let's figure out ways we can fund it and stop this shell game and the hey, look over there game that I think has been going on for years. Uh,
2: Before we take calls and we have calls waiting, um, there's just something I want to ask the both of you. And that is property tax. Every municipal politician is afraid to say, we need the money, so we're going to raise property tax. There are people in the suburbs who may have a point when they say, you people in Toronto, you pay less property tax than we do. And I have heard from a lot of people in the city of Toronto who say, you know, look at, rather than putting in all these user fees, this and that, I would be willing to pay more property tax, but you have to come clean and tell us that you're raising property tax, Councillor Crawford.
4: Well, again, I mean, we have made the decision to you know, try to keep property taxes low. Uh, and, and understanding too, that when you have uh, a lower property tax that Toronto would have, what we have that the other, muni- or GTA municipalities don't have is the MLTT, the m- uh, Municipal Land Transfer Tax. You take that away, we have huge challenges. But when you look, and also when you're looking at the the, the, uh, the, the tax, or the, the, it's it's not necessarily a progressive tax, it's not necessarily a fair tax across the board, and, and, and there are times you need to look at those user fees, or things like the MLT, things like a road toll, to really move us forward as a city. I speak with lots of people, and as does Councillor Burnside, uh, uh, seniors, who don't, have the ability, you know, they're on fixed incomes and don't have the ability to to increase 5%, 10% that some people are suggesting. And we hear a lot of those people in my wards and all wards all across the city. And those we also have to take into account when we're making, uh, making our decisions.
2: Okay, Councillor Burnside, what do you say to
3: that? Well, I'll say two things. One, I have no problem going to the constituents I represent and saying, well, I have a problem, but I'm willing to do it, uh, that we need to raise property tax. But it comes back to my original point. I want to know what the city is is going is responsible for, what services we need to provide, and I don't want that um, that bar to keep moving. Okay, that's the first thing. But I do get a little bit irked when people say Toronto has the lowest property taxes. Uh, to Councillor Crawford's point, about $400 million is raised by the land transfer tax, which are paid. Paid for it by property owners that no other municipality has. Also, solid waste—we charge for solid waste, which no other municipality does. But the bigger thing, and the bigger story, which no one mentions, is that Toronto is really a tale of four cities. So the four old cities. Yep. And if you actually take that two store—a two-story home—and you look at the the average property tax in all the municipalities, Markham, Vaughan, take your pick. Old Toronto, so that's where we are now, actually, has the highest property tax on a two-story home of any municipality in the GTA. Etobicoke, it's less, and actually Scarborough is very cheap. So this idea that Toronto has these really low property taxes, well, it depends where you live. And my last point is when people say, well, the property tax rate is so low. You know whose property tax rate is half of Toronto? Vancouver, right? Because... Their their property values are so high, so there's a lot. of- So are
2: ours, by the way. <laughs> and
3: well, that's why ours are yeah. about forty percent higher than the GTA, and that's why our rate is lower. That that tells you nothing.
2: Okay, uh, let's hear from the people. Okay, we have got we have got uh, Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm bad. I was glad to
1: hear that they canceled the road tolls because, first of all, I can understand why Meritorio is so upset with that. Because, first of all, it was going to take two years to get it in play, and then there was going to be the cost of collecting it, plus the aggravation. Now he's going to get his money right away. So two years at one hundred and sixty thousand is 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 pretty good, but I do not believe that the city should have. Any other option for collecting money other than municipal tax and land transfer tax, that should be it. Um, now, they talk about, well, the tax rate is, is lower than any others, but it's still, if you're living in Mississauga, you have a house the same size or a three-bedroom house, you're paying $2,000 or more taxes than you are in Toronto. I live in Toronto. I, I, my tax is low jo- Okay, as far as it goes. But I think that Mayor Tory was totally wrong. He should have shook Kathy, uh, Premier Wynne's hand and thanked her, and because I would thank her if I live here. And it would not be $2 a ride. It would be a minimum of $5 a ride, okay. and they know that. So Bob, I'm glad let's, that it's, it's over with.
2: Okay, Bob, I'll, I'll let the councillors respond to that. Thanks okay. for your call. Uh,
4: let me respond, uh, Bob, and thanks for the call, Bob. Um, What we also have to put into context is we have a $33 billion infrastructure backlog in the City of Toronto. Property taxes could never, never pay for that over the long term. Our property taxes would be, you know, double the amount or more that GTA uh, municipalities would be. So what we need to do, and and we do need more tools, If, if the province isn't going to give us the tools, then they're going to have to come up with that kind of money. Uh, you know when you 're looking at housing the the billions of dollars that have to be put into housing, then they should be the ones putting up or, or they should actually you know what they should probably do is just take over the responsibility of the gardener and the Don Valley and they could spend the three point three billion dollars to fix the gardener um, Those are kind of costs we challenge we 're challenged with our operating budget on a, on a yearly basis but it's that extra $33 billion that we just, we need to fix these things in the city to move forward.
2: I, I, I agree. Um, let's take another call. We've got Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay.
4: Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Not bad. Uh, like uh, I think, uh, uh, I'm not a fan of wind uh, believe me, but I think she made the right decision. But As pro- far as property taxes, I live in Ajax. I'm in a 60, 60-year-old house. It's, single, uh, it's a single story, detached house, and I'm paying $5,000 a year taxes, which is totally double what they're paying in toronto for the same really i
2: don't i don't think that's true
4: what uh, I'm, I'm telling you i am
2: uh well no i believe you're paying five but i don't think it's, okay. it would be less than so five sorry for the Clay, house was like that, that
4: a two-story home i uh, no, i'm in a single uh, one level it's a detached bungalow how big is the property it's not very big it's uh, probably uh, 25 by 100
3: Okay, so my property is not much bigger. Uh, I live in a very small bungalow and I pay $4,800. But let's not forget that the MLTT, which is unique to Toronto and the solid waste fees, uh, would add about 20%. So if you add 20% to mine, I'm really at about 6,000. So people always—it's like it's like buying an, a a plane ticket on Air Canada. You see the ninety nine dollar <laughs> fee, and then it's it's like four hundred and fifty. So Toronto—that's
2: illegal now. <laughs> well, right, but we but we do it.
3: We say here's your property tax, and then we say other property owners are going to be paying well about five hundred million dollars in fees. So. The comparison, even on a on a toe to toe comparison, I'm about equal with you. Uh, but then when you add in the MLTT, which Councillor Crawford mentioned, uh, we actually pay more.
2: Now Clay, let me let me let me ask you this, and and it makes sense to me that people outside Toronto don't like the tolls, especially if they have to drive in here and they're aren't really a lot of options for that, but, but are you going to change your mind about Kathleen Wynn and whether you vote for her based on this thing she did?
0: No, you've got to be kidding, Libby. <laughs> you got to be kidding. No, no. I, I, I don't belong to the union.
4: I'm retired. I mean, the unions put her in there, unfortunately, because of Hudak's $100,000 uh, job layoff. But no, I uh, – no. Anyway, can I just say something else, Libby? Okay,
2: just wait a minute. I'm sorry, it's uh, 59. We ha- we have to go to news, so okay. call back. We'll be talking about this again, believe me. Okay, Libby. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, uh, I have to thank our guests very much, John Burnside, Councillor for Ward 26, Don Valley West, and Gary Crawford, Ward 36, Scarborough Southwest, and the Budget Chief, and uh, that was a very interesting conversation, and I'm sure we'll be at it again.
3: Thank you, Libby. Thanks, Libby.